Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. You guys ready for some gospel? What if you hear something you had never heard before? You all right with that? That don't mean you're going to hear it today. I'm just saying, are you all right with that if you hear something you never heard? (laughs) You know, most people want to go to a church that enforces what they already believe, and God forbid if they've learned everything about God and there's nothing they can ever learn new about Him. American Christendom right there. Actually, when you hear truth, it'll be foreign to us. And for truth to get in, it has to topple what has been built up. And my father-in-law used to say, truth will beat the hell out of you. <laughs> as it should. As it should. So today, of course, as we're just celebrating just the, the, the resurrection, not just the death, but the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus which you, we really don't hear a whole lot about, but I may mention some of these things today. Um, today I want to just share just a few simple thoughts, and I'll release this. I know people want to go do things with your families today. Totally understand, understandable. Anybody going to any egg hunts after service? No egg hunts? One? Oh, Dennis Carr, the youngest man in the building. You got an egg hunt? Egg hunt. Why, is it, why is it so cold? I'm cold. Yesterday was 60 degrees. I, I ain't going to say who, Taylor Morgan, but anyway, I... I sent a message to a young man in my neighborhood that likes to eat from Popeye's, and I was like, listen, you don't even got to tell me. I know you ate from Popeye's because God is smitten our community with 60-degree weather, and this, this definitely ain't Jesus weather. So yesterday, my community was on a neighborhood egg hunt. It was like freezing outside, and I'm like, nope, mm-mm. Ain't no bunnies laying no eggs in this kind of weather. So... Uh, Ashley, are you in the room? Ashley blew it. I didn't know if she's here or not. But anyway, so I was with her daughter yesterday as well. Um, I'm becoming like the neighborhood dad. So uh, I was with her daughter. I was taking every kid I could find on Let's go. All the eggs had dirt on them, and she was excited until we went out there to go grab the egg. And the first egg she saw with dirt, she said, mm-mm. And she went, like, she, didn't, she grabbed zero eggs because they all had dirt on them. I'm like, so she started pointing at me. She was like, mm-mm. so she employed me. I was picking up all the eggs, but anyway. <laughs> Let's get it, man. Let's get it. Let me see. I'm trying to find a place to read the Bible to you so we can make it a legal service today. Okay. Got to read the Bible to people here, boy, in America. We got to read the Bible in a service, I mean. Y'all ready? Let's look at um, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 is a pretty good place to start. Philippians chapter 2. And maybe, Katie, I might do Ephesians 1. I don't know. I don't know. Let's do Philippians 2 and maybe Ephesians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 2, let's look at verse 5. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Thank you, Lord. Um, A really powerful book, one of the most powerful impacting books I've ever read. It's this little book right here. Um, I really want to say some things, Matt, but I want to be careful. Because <clears throat> I'm in America, just the truth of it. Most of us haven't really been taught truth in a truthful way. We've been taught, we we've been taught out of this book in a Western lens, and it's extremely damaging to us. And so, um, 
the last three years I've been doing reading and trying to read from people who think a bit differently than, than we do in America. We don't, we don't even approach this book the way that people that it was written to approach it. That's dangerous. It's very, very dangerous. And so this is a book I would highly recommend. We all get, it's called Jesus and the Undoing of Adam. Jesus undid what Adam did. Except most of us don't believe that. I can tell because I get in a conversation with you and your mind goes to everything. But anyway, I highly recommend buying this book. Thank you, C. Baxter Kruger, as I'm about to put some money in your pocket. But uh, listen to anything you can find from a guy named Baxter Kruger. Just get on YouTube and I bless you with that revelation. You'll be grateful that you did. Um, so let me read from some of his thoughts here today uh, just because he is way more eloquent than I could than I could ever be. Do you know that these are compiled writings that men wrote to send to churches or compiled writings that scribes would recorded about their own history. It's compiled writings that God inspired men to write that thankfully uh, men gave their lives protecting until we eventually one day had them in a book, not just a scroll, but in a book. And so don't be afraid to read books by other people of God about what God has written. If we only had the Bible... There wouldn't be a whole lot of revelation flowing through the planet. There is no original thought since Adam. There's no original quote. It all comes from somewhere. And we get to do what we do today because we're building on the revelation of those that have gone before us. Just want to put some stuff in place. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 says this. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. What mind? What mindset? Well, glad you asked. Jesus, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. (laughs) But he made himself of what? Why everybody trying to build a reputation? But Jesus said, I'm not trying to build one. I done been to those ministries. Build a reputation ministry right here. Come on. Jesus was not trying to build a reputation. He he made himself of what? No reputation. It's funny, Matt. He was out, not trying to build his own reputation. It made himself to be of no reputation. And guess who has the greatest reputation on the planet? Jesus. I bless you with that revelation in Jesus' name, right? He took the form of a bond servant, and he came in the likeness of men. That's like you and me. And being found in appearance as a man, he what? What? At least I haven't ever read of any other man-made God on the planet that has humility as a part of his characteristics or traits. Zero. But our God comes like us and he humbles himself and became obedient. If you were God, would you be obedient to anybody else? Or any other thing, Jesus says, not only am I going to practice obedience, I'm going to do it and become obedient to the point of death, even the death of a cross or criminal, because that's why crosses were invented, to punish criminals. Therefore, God also has highly exalted Jesus and given Jesus the name which is above, how many names? Why? So that now... At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. 
of things where? Now, <laughs> every knee of things in heaven, that's the invisible realm. Every knee of things on earth, that's the visible realm. And even those under the earth, that every tongue should what? How many tongues? Every tongue, past, present, and future, will confess. What, what are they going to confess, Paul? What are they going to confess? You know what they're going to confess? That Jesus Christ is what? Why would they do that? To the glory of God the Father. To the glory of God who is Abba. Father, let your word penetrate every crevice of our life today. And I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus to rest on us and in us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Jesus Christ, the Son of God, beautiful in all of his ways. I want to talk to you about him a little bit today, who he was, some of the things he's done, and now what are some of the ramifications of Jesus coming to the planet, giving his life, and even ascending. Um, if you were like me, um, you grew up going to church, and usually we had uh, twice a year we had revivals, two times a year, and they were always planned revivals. <laughs> anyway, we had planned revivals. We knew that God was going to move these two weeks out of the year. And I don't know if God moved, but we moved. But we, it was seven nights of preaching. We would go from, well, Sunday morning all the way through Sunday night. And we usually had out-of-town out guests come in, and uh, we had special singers. We would bring singers from other churches. And I've always wondered why at church conferences or revivals, why we do stuff that we don't normally do in our normal service. If we ever do something, a conference here, it, it probably won't be much different than what we normally do because I don't want people to come here and think, oh, they're, th no, I they're coming because of who we already are. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I just, I'm going to keep on going and bypass that statement. We would bring people in and we would hype up the singing and we would get who we thought was a popular singing group or a popular preacher because they always draw people. <laughs> so, so, and some of y'all been a part of those same kind of movements like that. And we would get the ones that were known and we'd bring them in because they're going to draw people. And we would have what we call church. <laughs> no, not church. We had church, right? And um, you could tell when we were having good church meetings because they would be, some of y'all don't even know what these are, but they would have what they call bobby pins on the floor as leftovers. <laughs> like, woo, boy, happened this hair today because, like, man, like... We had, we had ladies, and our, they, their hair was so long, they could slap you from 10 feet away. If they did this, like just, like, and, you know, I mean, blue jean skirts only, and we were holiness, because that's what holiness was. What? As if when the angels fly around God and call him holy, they're really saying, God must can't have tattoos because he's holy. He mustn't have a piercing because he's holy. And he must evidently wear a blue jean skirt because he's holy. And he must wear long sleeves because he's holy. None of which are true. We would plan these revivals hoping to have a move of God completely oblivious to the point 
the truth that Holy Spirit is currently right now not waiting for our revival so he can come and move. He is currently right now living in us. You know what a move of God looks like? Watch, watch. Did you see it? I know my wife got excited. Boy, like this. Hold on, girl. Hold on. Did you see that? Did you see what a move of God looks like? You know what a move of God looked like for me this morning? You know what a move of God looked like for me all week this week? Deconstructing, tearing up our bathroom and struggling not to say things to the drywall that I really wanted to say and blessing the Lord. That's a move of God. What did God move in your community this week? Did you go through your community this week? Did you drive through it? So do I have to schedule a revival or a conference to have a move of God? And I, I love when people come together. We did it twice every year. And, and, and our communities are absolutely no better for it. Because those revivals ended. You can go to Florida right now with some of the greatest revivals in this country have ever happened, and you wouldn't want your dog to walk those streets. You can go to the church where they have that revival lad, and there is literally grass growing through the parking lot. And over five million people poured into that place at one time, hours to try to get in. What in the world happened? We scheduled moves of God. Oblivious to the fact that because of the resurrection of Jesus, that God's spirit now lives inside of us. But we had a move of God twice a year. And the first two or three nights, they would always, if not every night, they would preach on S-I-N. I mean, they, boy, they wore it out. Because we thought we get sin out of us or off of us, then God could come in. But you got to get the sin out of the way. And I was accustomed to going to church, and I knew they were going to talk about what every night? Sin, or every, every single service? Sin. They wanted you to go to heaven and miss hell. 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 You're justified by faith. You're forgiven of your sins. But what nobody ever told me, and I'm, I'm being very honest, nobody ever told me, I heard justification by faith. But I never heard anything about the spirit of adoption, Romans 8. So I was going to try to live a life free of sin without knowing that I actually belong to the Lord's. And if you try to tell people to live a life free of sin without, this is what we just think about, without them knowing that they belong to Papa, then all they're going to be doing is become good performers trying not to miss it every day. But if you know you belong to someone, if you know you are his and you will forever be, and that will never change, do you know what you end up doing? You end up living free from sin by accident more than you ever did on purpose trying not to sin before you had that revelation of it. And I became a sin manager. Didn't do it today. Didn't do it today. Didn't do it today. Up, did it again. Dang it. And freedom to me was the space between sin cycles. I went three weeks, I was free from sin, and oh, I did it again. And you can be a good sin manager and think you're free, but that's not freedom. John 8 and 32. And you shall know, gnosko, the truth. And the truth will not set you free. It will make you free. 
right? Four verses later. Because he whom the Son has made free is truly free indeed. For Galatians 5, it is for freedom that Christ has made us free. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, 2 Corinthians 3, there is what? Oh, there's liberty there. So I, I, I find myself trying not to sin, and, you know, I, I answered how many altar calls. I don't know if you did uh, altar call. I mean, I wore my pants out for real back then, just answering altar calls. and just. But I, I was in this year, probably 20, 25 years of just a sin cycle. As if that's why Christ came. Did he really come, live, and die for me to just keep repenting every single day and have the same old struggles every day? Is this really the gospel? Is that really good news? And our theology, Matthew, started in Genesis 3 with a man falling at a tree. In the West, we teach that. It all starts at a man falling at a tree. Wrong. Katie, throw up Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Our problem is, is we didn't go back far enough. We have great theology, but we got poor what I call Abbaology. Jesus didn't come talking theology. He came talking about the Father. Ephesians chapter 1, I want to say it's 3 and 4. We didn't go back far enough. I'm telling you, your faith doesn't start with a man falling in a garden. You ready for this? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Paul says, blessed be the God. You know, your, you know your dad's blessed? Anyway, you have a blessed God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, not, not going to bless us, already blessed us. Somebody say past tense. Come on, say it's done. Come on, say it's finished blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in who? Okay, next verse. You ready for this? I'm going to throw this Bible, Jesus. Next verse, verse four. Just as, just as he, meaning our father, chose us in him, meaning Jesus. Watch this. Just as our father chose us in him, meaning Jesus, Now, when did he choose you? After Adam fell, watch this. Before. Before what? You can't choose something before it exists. Let me get behind this table and hide because the religious people hate this kind of stuff. You can't choose something before it exists. So God said this. I didn't choose you after Adam fell. I chose you in my son, because you existed before you existed. I didn't get this good looking in 39 years, y'all. I know my wife didn't. She existed before she existed. Jesus Christ. Do you know what Adam told Eve when he saw Eve walking up to him? You know what Adam told Eve? He said, girl, you bone on my bone. You flesh on my flesh. Anyway, I'm ready to go home. Uh, put the verse back up. Don't take the verse down. We're just getting started. Just as our Father chose us in Jesus before the foundation of the world. You and I existed before we existed. Before you were thought in the mind of your mom or dad, God said you existed with me before anything was ever even created. Your, listen, your genesis, your beginnings, your foundation is not with a man falling in a garden in what we call sin. But you were with me in eternity past 
Before the time clock ever started clicking, before there was a January, you were mine. Before there was a 12 a.m., he says, you were already mine. You existed in me before Adam ever even fell out of garden. So before anybody had a chance to say, I'm a sinner saved by grace, you were already mine. Our problem is we didn't go back far enough. You understand this? You ready for this? What does Jesus come into the planet, live in his life, have anything to do with this? Everything to do with this. We don't learn about the Trinity in church anymore. Adam did not walk with a man in a garden. Adam walked with three in a garden. Did you hear what, did you, hear what you just heard? When Abraham cooked a meal for the Lord, he cooked a meal for three people at his tent. In eternity past, way before Eden, do you know what was happening? Do you want to really know what was happening? Come here, Jen. Let me see who I could. Come on, Sawyer. Come here, Cameron. Oh, blessed Trinity. Here we go right here. Now, the biggest problem is whose father, whose son, whose spirit. Why don't you guys just hold hands for me? Don't you fall now and make a circle. I want you to picture the Trinity in eternity. What were they doing for all eternity? Past. And they just slowly begin to spin. Between 300 and 400 AD. What? Listen to what I'm telling you. You want to know where the church history a little bit? Between 300 and 400 AD, the church fathers, the people that compiled these scriptures and kept them for us, were trying to figure out a way to explain the Trinity. They, they, we, we didn't have a con. It, that term doesn't even exist in, in, in this book. They were trying to explain the goodness of God, where we came from, why anything exists. So they came up with a term, ready for this? Perichoresis. Everybody say peri. peri. Means perimeter. Means perimeter. Outside the perimeter, right? And choresis is where we get our dance word choreography. They came up with perichoresis. The best that they could get from the Holy Spirit was before anything existed, God existed. God in himself is community. You've heard people tell you your whole life in church, there is a God-sized void inside of you that only who could fill? God. Let me tell you what you've never heard a preacher say. There is a human-sized void in you that only a human can fill. Watch it. The perichoresis was happening. The father was one with the son, and the son was one with the spirit. And out of this perichoresis, out of this great circle dance of love, life, and light, they would often define God as love, as life, and light. The father didn't have a need, so he created us. It was out of the joy and the passion and the love amongst himself that he thought, out of this, I want to give creation to creation. Out of this, the producer, I want to produce a product. And out of the life, light, and love of God, he created all of creation. We see the start of it in Genesis 1. God makes the earth out of this. Do you know when you hear when you hear a bird singing and you enjoy that, you know where that joy came from? It came from this. Yeah. 
when you see the sun, I, I still get mesmerized by nature. When you see the sun, the clouds split for a little bit and a ray comes across it and it's, it's majestic. You don't even know why it's majestic. You know where that came from? It came from this. Why a painter gets joy out of painting and we don't understand. You know where that came from? It came from this. Okay, more, see, some of us are too spiritual. Your joy of football, it even comes from this. The joy of eating food. There isn't. Popeyes, nothing. Chick-fil-A, glory to God. See that? See how that worked? It came from this. The joy of fishing came from this. Ladies love to get them toes and nails done. Where'd that joy come from? It came from this. There is no joy on the planet that is genuine joy that didn't come from this perichoresis. We were taught God wants you to go to church, be a good rule keeper. Guys, God is so much more than a being that wants you to come and worship him once a week. He wants you to have fun. He wants you to know that there isn't a joy on the planet that he didn't give to you. That's a, a, an actual joy. He gave it all to you. Me and my wife took a vacation last July, and we were at the beach. I mean, we walk out of our back door, get beyond these massive shrubs, whatever they were, and there's the ocean. And you stand, Tiffany, and you look, and it's like, if I was God, I don't think I'd have made that much. Why do we need this much ocean for you to simply look at and just go, whoa, where'd that come from? This and out of this life, light, and love of the perichoresis, this great circle dance, God spawned all of life. And out of those six days of creation, on day six, he makes the peak of all of his creation, and he makes one called Adam, mankind. The father looked. And every time he made a star, he said, it's good. Every time he made an animal, he stamped it with his, with his approval. He said, it's good. When he divided the waters from above from the waters beneath, he said, it's good. He puts a firmament in the midst of all the creation. He said, it's good. All, everything was good. And then he made mankind. And he said, this, this is very good. One translation said this, this is good, good. He's good. And God didn't make the earth for him to come down here and roam on it. He made all of this for us to enjoy. And when his son woke up in the garden, he saw trees and waterfalls and, and there's animals there and there's sustenance. Everything, everything was done for Adam. Adam had to make nothing. And Adam's first full day on the planet, watch this. The perichoresis was happening. The father, son, and the spirit were watching their son enjoy everything he made. And the Bible says Adam's first full day on the planet was a day of rest. So watch this. Mankind's life did not start in a place of work, but it started from a posture of it is finished, rest. And the perichoresis is happening. Everything was beautiful, and then sin happened. Uh-oh. Where did that come from? Sin happened. And mankind, who had a umbilical cord as it were mankind who was connected to this sin happened s-i-n harmatia happened and there was a separation a losing of placement as it were and you know this anything separated from its source dies take a fish out of water it's going to what take a plant out of the ground it's going to what when a star falls from the sky it is a dying star when you take a human away from its creation, slowly but surely, like the, like the tree out of the ground, we begin to shrivel and die. And God says, I am not content to watch them shrivel up and die without me. So what was, St. Athanasius says this, what was a good God to do? 
when he saw his sons and daughters separated from him? Would he start anew? And he gives this great analogy of, and you're talking about, gosh, I don't know what, what year St. Athanasius would have wrote his writing. He said, like a painter in his day would paint a picture. If he messed up, what would he do? Would he throw it away and completely start anew? He said, no. But he's going to go down and fix the painting himself. And so this is what happens. In the midst of the great perichoresis, the sun You guys keep holding hands and keep going. The sun comes down to where a fallen humanity is. This is beautiful. I'm about to share. Now, y'all really feeling special right now. Watch this. You know what happens right here? In the great dance, the son, who at the same time was still dancing with the father and the spirit, is now at the same time moving amongst his creation. Because he was never not with them. You understand that, right? He tried prophets. Prophets couldn't work. He sent judges to the planet. Judges couldn't work. He tried law. Law couldn't work. Tried the raising up of kings. Kings couldn't work. And finally, he says, sometimes you got to get your own hands dirty and do stuff yourself. And the son comes along. And the son, for 33 and a half years, did life amongst humans. Jesus never knew what it was to be thirsty. Not in heaven. He never knew what it was not to be worshipped by angels. He never knew what it was to sweat. But he grew up in the house of a carpenter. And for the first 30 years of his life, only a few people ever knew who he was. But the Bible says of Jesus in Hebrews, it says he was made like us in how many ways? Always. And Jesus does life. At the age of 30, he gets baptized in the Jordan River by John the baptizer. And the Holy Spirit comes and rests on his shoulder. He goes spend 40 days in the desert, comes out and starts causing righteous riots in every city and village that he went into. And he did life beside his own creation. The Bible says of Jesus that he, he who knew no sin became sin so that you and I, through this man, might now become what? The righteousness of God. But yet he didn't do any wrong. He did everything we did, but yet he didn't do any wrong. But the dance is still taking place. Jesus came to the globe. He said, yes, the dance is happening. <laughs> Jesus came to the globe. Watch this. Ready for this? To get us back in this great circle dance that we had fallen from. I thought I was just trying to get to heaven. If your definition of heaven is streets of gold and gates of pearl, that's in the Bible, by the way. There's people that, that own oil fields that have exactly what I just described. They have that as their house. That is not heaven. That's called nice house. That's called money. I'm talking about... Your life been infused with the life of God. Because the gospel is not about you and I including God in our life. Rather, it is about God including us in his. But I was shed out because of sin. How do I get back? How I, can I as a man, flesh and blood, get included in this dance? God says, I know how. I will become like you. So the, the church fathers will say this. The son of God became like the sons of men so that in return the sons of men could once again be known as the sons of God. I'm going to say it again. So the son of God became like the sons of men so that eventually one day the sons of men could once again, Taylor, become like the sons of God again. But we're not in the dance yet. And the last week of Jesus' life on the earth was a gruesome week. Paul said that he would go on to humble himself. 
You guys can hold off on your dance. But I will call you back up shortly. So just sit somewhere up close. I'm going to call you back up. Everybody say perichoresis. You know, you know what Zachariah said of God? It says he dances and he spins violently, wildly over us, shouting songs of praise over us. You know what that is? That's the perichoresis. It says God does that over us. We just can't see it. And you thought we had a good worship service. No, no, I'm going to tell you what a worship. It's him shouting over us because he will never let us outdo what he's done. Because the sons of Adam will never outdo what the son of God has done. How do we get back into perichoresis? What does the life of Jesus reveal to us? One, it reveals that God is a God of love and that God says, I refuse to be separated from you. John 3, 16, the refrigerator verse for American Christians. For God so loved. It didn't say God so hated. It didn't say God was so angry. It didn't say God was so bitter. It didn't say God so distanced himself from sinners like we preach in America. It said, for God so loved the world. For God, so, it didn't say greatly love or immensely love because all those terms are measurable. He used an unmeasurable term, Sawyer. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave, he sent his only begotten son. Where did, his, where did the son come from? He came from that perichoresis. And Jesus, you know why he couldn't just fly from heaven? Because we'd be like, oh, there really is a God. That's him. The redeemer had to become like those he was redeeming. So the only legal way into the earth, watch this, is through the womb of a woman. If you fly to our planet on any other kind of aircraft, you know what we call you? So why come Jesus didn't take the alien approach? He said, I'm going to become like you in every single way. I want to wear what you wear. You know why? Because I want to feel what you feel. I want to have your same struggle. I want to have your same temptation. I want to know what it's like to be hot. I want to know what it's like to sweat. I want to know what it's like to be hungry. I want to know what it's like to see somebody as bomb as my wife and go, ooh, geez, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. <laughs> Tempted in all ways, love the Bible, tempted in all ways like we are, yet without sin. I want to know everything you feel. There isn't a temptation that ever hit the planet that Jesus did not feel the temptation of. But the, the big thing that we don't seem to ponder is this, is that Jesus Christ didn't feel the temptation of one man. Jesus Christ bore and felt the temptation of every person, past, present, and future for all eternity. He bore it all. He said, I want everything that you have. I want to become like you in every single way. And God became flesh. We call it the incarnation. So, John chapter 1 says this of Jesus, and we're going to end early. My wife's going to be happy with me. John says this of Jesus. He says, word became flesh and lived among us, and we got to see his glory. And it was like the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, and this man was full of grace and truth. <sighs> but they still couldn't figure out, what, why is he so different? So the first thing the cross preaches to me is one, God refuses to be separated from us, so he comes and becomes like we are, and he assumes everything that was consuming us. Did you hear that? He assumes everything that was consuming us. Secondly, 
I want you to get this. God absolutely wanted to be in union with us. He refuses to be separated. Love drew him because he is love. But he said, I am not content with being separated from you, not in the slightest. Sin was an issue for us, but it wasn't for the Lord. Come on. Sin was an issue for us, but it wasn't for the Lord. Matter of fact, now because of the cross, sin is forever dealt with and you can't make it an issue anymore. Some of us believe the almost good news. Some of us believe the almost finished work. But you can never reverse John 1.29. Behold, the Lamb of God who what? Takes away what? The sin of the world. He didn't cover sin like they did in the Old Testament. No, 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 no. He took it away. So Jesus comes, identifies with us, lives with us, humbled himself, Paul said, to death. He says, even to the death of a what? Cross. Why cross? Because it's the death of a criminal. Why would Jesus die the death of a criminal? Not because of what he did. He died the death of a criminal because of what we did. There were criminals hanging on the cross that day. You know that, right? But Jesus wasn't one of them. But boy, did he not come and become like us in every way. Do you know that when they sacrificed things in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, that he breaks scriptures, that they would not beat up the animals. They would literally, for most part, they would slice their throat and capture their blood. That's really what they had to do. Now, some of them, they would split open and they would take out the parts that they weren't used for the sacrifice. It was a bloody mess. But they never intentionally mangled animals. Yet Jesus was mangled. Isaiah said, when you see him, there won't be any beauty in him that you would desire him. Like he was mangled. He even says this. It says, it says he was so mangled that he was beyond the point of recognition. They beat him with a Roman cat of nine tails that had bits of bone and metal tied to the end of it. And they had a Roman lictor apply the licks. That He was a specialist in giving licks. You understand that? And when he would whip you with that Roman cat of nine tails, it would literally wrap around you. And the bits of bone and metal would take into your flesh. And a Roman who looked... He was about the size of Ben, all that power, right? He would rip that back to him. And every time he ripped it out, you know what happened to your flesh? It got ripped open too. The Jews legally would not do, they would not, they would scourge people, but they would never give more than 39 lashes. They called for 40. They said no more than 39 because 39 would kill a man. This is Jesus. Why was Jesus mangled if he is our sacrifice? Why was he mangled when sacrifices weren't mangled? Because remember, as the Redeemer, he was becoming like those he would redeem. And we were so mangled in sin, he had to become like us in every way. Why was he unrecognizable? Come to the keys, Taylor. Because we were unrecognizable. God said, Adam, where are you? He said, I don't know. I'm just hiding behind trees. We didn't know where we are. We didn't know how we got there. We were just mangled and separated from this perichoresis, from the circle dance, from this Trinitarian life. Man. But yet Jesus comes in every single way. He assumes everything that had separated us from the Father, from our perspective toward him. And he says, God, I'm going to deal with it. The stuff that's killing them, I want it to kill me. The only issue with death, death, Romans 5 says death reigned from Adam to Moses. Adam to the lawgiver. Boom. Then the law comes. And the Bible says the strength of sin is what? The law. The strength of sin is what? We want people to quit sinning, but we give them law. 
We want people to quit, to quit sinning and we give them rules. And they keep doing what? Because you just gave them the strength of it. Jesus comes, lets them put him on a cross. What death didn't understand was this. I'm almost done. Death could legally hold anybody in its claws that had sinned. There were some really holy men that died before Jesus. But they had all sinned at least one time. You could say it this way. They had Adam flowing through them. But Jesus was sinless. Remember, Jesus' dad wasn't Joseph. In the genealogy, when it says all the begots, it gets to Jesus and it does something that didn't do any other time in the scripture. It jumps to a woman giving birth to a son, not a man. It got to Joseph. It didn't say Jesus, the son of Joseph. It said in Mary, the mother of Jesus. Because Jesus got his flesh and blood from Mary. His flesh and bone from Mary, but he got his blood from his heavenly father. He didn't get it from Adam. He was sinless up to the day that he died. Jesus told the disciples, Jason, he said, the day will come, you're going to lift me up. And when I'm lifted up, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to draw all men to me. You know what that word draw is in the Greek? Look it up. Blue letter Bible app. Look it up. It's helco. It means pull with force. He's not saying, like, I lift me up and I hope people see me and I hope they come. He said, no, 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 no. When this happens rightly, I will pull you with force to me. Listen, Jesus is on the cross. They're hanging. Why? Why look so bad, Jesus? Because he said, that's how bad you were in sin. I'm becoming like you in all ways. So the cross says, yes, I love you. Two, I refuse to be separated from you. Three, I want to be in union with you. How bad? So bad that I'm going to become like you in every way so that you could become like me in every way. I want you back in a circle dance. Never could it be said before Jesus that there was a man in heaven. But on the cross, you don't nail something because you want it to move. You nail it to make it sure. And they nailed Jesus to the cross. They didn't even understand it. They were solidifying to the whole cosmos that what's happening will be a sign and a wonder for all generations to come. This is Jesus. This is Jesus, Matthew. This is Jesus. And the Bible said he humbled himself. He come lowly. He humbled himself. To the point of death, even to the death of a cross. Therefore, he humbled himself, became low. Therefore, he humbled himself. Therefore, God exalted him. What's the way to high? Humble. What's the way to high? Low. He humbled himself and God has highly exalted him. And boom. A man in whom God's spirit lives, who is now living in a fleshly body, gets consumed by death. But death can legally only hold a man that has sinned. But Jesus had never sinned. But death didn't know that. And for three days, death was good. Ate that, and that, you know what it is. You eat something, but it comes back to get you in a little bit. Taco Bell or Popeyes, it doesn't matter. Guess who was that thing for death? Jesus. I said this this way death. Consumed Jesus. But death could not digest divinity. So death consumed Jesus. But death could not digest divinity. 
In the same way, the Holy Spirit stirred that well to spit up Jonah after three days. Jesus said the same way that Jonah was in the belly of a well. For three days, so shall I be with the Son of Man. I'll get consumed. I'm going to be in the heart of the earth. What Jesus did by dying on the cross, watch this, and then raising from the dead, is he forever united all humanity back into oneness, you could say, or union with the Father. So come on, great dance, one more time. Watch this. Watch this. The dance is happening here. You know what Jesus does? Jesus has now made us righteous. He's now cleansed us. Watch this. Outside of our own performance, this is the gospel. Now, we are one with Jesus. Jesus came to the earth as God's only begotten son. But when he came back, Hebrews said, he led many sons to glory, which means everybody. He goes back into the circle dance, but he doesn't go alone. Well, no, 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 hold your applause. Jesus said, Dad, those that had fallen away, I have for now, watch this, I have forever united them with us. Do you know because of what Jesus has done, because of the ascension, Jesus just didn't ascend on high. No, he led captivity captive. Every man, past, present, and future. Because now of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Do you understand what happens when you see that by faith and you apply faith to what has already done? The gospel becomes more than a story. The gospel becomes a living reality. So much so that Paul says now we are seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There is now a man in heaven that had never been saved before there is now a flesh and blood man in heaven and guess who you and I live in Jesus there's a man in the dance again I said there is a man in the dance again I said tease my wife I said how can I have a wife that teaches dance and I don't know how to dance but there's a man in the great dance again this is why I'm happy. This is why I smile. Come on, stand to your feet with me. This is why the ascension is important. And we sing hallelujah. You have won the victory. Hallelujah. I did it. You have won it all for me. And death could not hold you down. <laughs> you are the risen King. You see that? You see that in majesty. chapter 2 for it was fitting for Jesus for whom are all things and by whom are all things that in bringing many sons back to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering for both he Jesus who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are now all one for which reason Jesus is no longer ashamed to call us his brothers 
For the scripture says, he says of this, I will declare, Father, your name to my brethren. And in the midst of this assembly, I will sing praise to you. And again, he says, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here am I and the children whom God has given me. Jesus got the family back. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, Jesus himself likewise shared in the same flesh and blood that through death, he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. Through death, Jesus destroyed him who had the power of death. That is the who? So through death, Jesus destroyed who? Do you believe that? Because you listen to some people, he's still walking around. You really want gospel? Through death, Jesus destroyed him who had the power of death. And then he says, in case you don't know who that is, that is the devil. And now he will release those who through the fear of death through their whole lifetimes were subject to bondage. For indeed, God does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God and to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he suffered himself being tempted, he is now able to help those who are suffering. This is the gospel. If you don't know who you are, if you don't know what God has done, you know what? There is now a seat for us, a place for us in the perichoresis, in this Trinitarian life, in the Trinity, there is now a place for us in God. Did not Jesus say, I'm going away to prepare a for you that where I am, you can be too. What was this? He said, I left this dance, but I'm coming to get you and bring you back into it. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. If you're in this room today and you don't know Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior, because that's really who he is. I would love to introduce you to him. It's actually quite simple. It's actually quite simple. You may not know him, but he desperately, I'm telling you, he definitely knows you. You simply put faith in him. And the Lord begins to reveal himself to you by his spirit. If that's you in this room tonight, and you say, man, I don't, I don't, I don't know really even what that means just trust a little bit here if you want to know Jesus the way that he knows you it all starts with putting trust in him if that's you I just want you to repeat this prayer after me say Lord Jesus I want to know you in your fullness I mean really know you Would you reveal yourself to me? Would you reveal the Father to me? Would you reveal the Spirit to me? Show me that I'm righteous. Show me that I'm yours. Teach me faith. Teach me trust. Help me with my mindsets. And help me to remember that even when I'm faithless, you are faithful. 
In Jesus' name. Amen. One more time, sweetheart. Would you sing that song? God is risen. He is alive. He's won the victory. He reigns on high. Our God is risen. He is alive. He's won the toward heaven. Father, today, we thank you for truth. Thank you for your presence. I pray that we live every day with the mindset that you really are risen and that we are part of your life again. We're not distant from you. We're not separated from you. There is forever a man in the heavens because of what you've accomplished through your son. And this is your truth. Help us to see it from your way. I bless these people today, Jesus. Let us go out and be a light in our communities. Let us be the salt of the earth. Let every place of employment feel the effect of your life coming through us today. I pray for them as they go spend time with their families today. Let the blessing of the Lord be real. Let it be tangible. In Jesus' name. God bless you guys. Have an amazing, amazing week. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church, or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.